now we're going to talk about some of our favorite units from the dwarf lists. And so I'll start off, and I think you've probably guessed it, mine are the rangers. I just love their utility. They can shoot. They can fight even better than they can shoot. People pay them no mind because they're just little dudes with crossbows, and then they suffer because they get charged in the flank. How about you, Mr. Alex Mueller? What is your favorite unit? So mine's kind of a, a tie between Earth Elementals. I just love that they have Brutal, Fearless 18, Defense 6, and you can surge and do all those shenanigans. You can get into flanks. They're just so good. Uh, I, I love them. And then, uh, the, but they're also kind of tied with Berserker Lords. I, I just, I, I, I have trouble getting through any list without Berserker Lords. They're just so good. Alex Chavez, what is your favorite unit out of the entire list? Yeah, so I me it's easy. King on Large Beast. I'm so happy he's competitive now and, and versatile and and you know so flexible. He, he me encompasses everything you want out of a, a dwarf unit, which is tough. You know able to be used in different ways and and the really cool model opportunities too with you know also just stuff you need dwarf on large monsters all right and nathan what about you my unit is the master hunting pack i really think that is the the using those well is going to be the key to succeeding with dwarves in third edition um like i said they're 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 cheap units that are better than average for chat they will contribute in the game almost every single game because if your opponent has to shoot at those he's not shooting at the rest of your hand um they they, they feel like you roll for the army and uh you know i really think if you're not taking massives you need to, to look at your play style and figure out why am i not using this fantastic unit in my list now we're just going to quickly go through a list that we like or one that we've been playing a bunch and talk about what we like about it what, what works just share with you guys that way maybe you can get some ideas about something you'd want to build okay mike why don't you share a dwarf list that you've been playing with that you've that you like sure so this is a, a list i've been running for masters and the idea is uh to really win win the scenario play right um so it has two hordes of earth elementals a stone priest with bane chant um it's imperial dwarves uh a regiment of brox with uh haste uh to control the board you know moving uh, charging 18 is really important another regiment of brox a bsb with a loot uh, a horde of shield breakers three regiments of shield breakers two steel juggernauts four troops of sharpshooters and uh, and that's the list. And it clocks in at 31 unit strength. The way I, the way I do it is I, I uh, the the steel juggernauts kind of hang out with the three regiments of shield breakers in the horde, kind of lined up in there, mi- mi- intermingled within. The brocks, two two of them hang out on one on one flank. They push. The uh, two hordes of earth elementals are on another flank, usually um, with the stone priest. Uh, and then the four troops of sharpshooters get deployed opposite of the guy of the my opponent's tallest thing. So no matter what happens, I can see it. I'm either hitting on fours or hitting on fives, and I'm putting out putting out wounds is the idea. But 31 unit strength plays in scenario play, and there's a lot of nerve to break to to cut through. I find that a lot of units will stick around until the sixth turn, you know? So I, I find that it works pretty good. What do you guys think? I like it, honestly. I, I had to double take your list with the unit strength. I was like, wait, 31? Like, what? <laughs> like, how did you get there? But I get it. I think it's a little, you know, so far, we talk about all those units. Like, the sharpshooters, they add up. Those steel juggernauts, they add up. Those regiments add up, right? I mean, I, I think this list encompasses that pretty well. I think I think it's a very – I'm actually really, really like the list. I think it's got a lot of potential. 
little quirks I think I I uh, noticed that I agree with like the double regiment procs things like that. But but again, like I said, at the end of the day, it's got everything scores right basically <laughs> minus a BSP. So. I think, you know, scenario play, I think it's a really, really strong list. Yeah, I, I think it's good. The only concern, uh, again, uh, maybe I'm just uh, laser focused on it or something, but my my big concern with that list would be how to deal with like a two dragon list. You know, I mean, you can shoot the, the sharpshooters at it, but, you know, especially if you're like, I just faced off against a Basilean list with with two of those uh, dragons and if you only do one or two wounds on them and it's got iron resolve and inspiring it just goes away yeah he uh, doesn't so care you, about that right you yeah. just gotta yeah. you gotta figure out some way to get those guys into combat get them nailed down you know i mean it's got some tools to do it there you know elementals are good at that but that that would be the the number one threat that i would see but it's it, it's still a very strong list it's still very good i think for that i would almost say battle drillers battle drillers are dope for doing that like they'll shut a flyer down because people don't even think about them and then you're like oh yeah hey what's up my mini giant just punched you in the face and now you can't fly they are so good they are so good the only downside of them is they're individual so you go in you punch and then they hit you back and then overrun into whatever it is they want to charge yeah so you got to set them up right but yeah well the other problem um, is that they're only range they they only have a threat range of eight inches so it's you know you got to you know, it, it they're they're good, but you know that dragon's gonna land and he's gonna have a charge range of eight of twenty versus your eight, so it's you know it, it's yeah. kind of hard. Um, well, is there anything else we want to say about Mike's list before we move on? I'll take no. that as a no. Um, I've been playing a lot of free dwarfs, um, and I've been playing a lot of twenty three hundred, but I don't really want to share my master's secrets, so I'm gonna share a two thousand point list. Um, this is very similar to more or less what I ran all last year in uh, second edition. Um, with obviously some third edition tweaks. So it um, starts off with an ironclad core, brew of strength, two Brock Rider regiments, one with pushing the caterpillar, one with the, the Jesse's boots of striding, two free dwarf ranger regiments, one with the Hernaeus's handpicked rangers upgrade, a horde of earth elementals, and I had 10 extra points, so I gave them Han's sanguinary scripture, two mastiff hunting pack regiments with throwing mastiffs, a greater earth elemental, a Berserker Lord with the Blade of the Beast Slayer, an Army Standard Bearer with the Loot of Insatiable Darkness, and a Free Dwarf Stone Priest with Martyr's Prayer and Bane Chant. Um, so basically the whole idea is, you know, I've got my tough center with the Ironclad, all the Earth Elementals. Um, it's tough to come into because stuff's going to punch you in the face if you do. I have the Mastiffs if I need them to screen. Um, like if I'm playing an Alpha Strike type army, I can throw them in front of my units so that way they can survive another turn, set up favorable countercharges. If I don't need them for that, they can hide in a corner and hide and win me objectives. Um, Stone Priest is there obviously to Bane Chant and to surge the elementals to get that free Bane Chant off, but also to provide those ablative wounds with Martyr's Prayer. Um, Rangers are there obviously to pick off Chaff to kind of help out in late game combats and hold objectives if people ignore them. And the Ironclad is there to not die. Their job is to live and contest an objective at the end of the game. They're worth unit strength four um, with Brew of Strength and then Bane Chant backing them up. They're going to punch out, pushing out some hurt with Crush 2. Um, so what do you guys think? No Brock for the Berserker. Uh, yep, so that was a typo. I was going to just leave that and hopefully nobody would have paid attention to it. Um, but... Yeah, so he he actually would have a Brock, so then in that case, I would drop the two throwing Mastiffs to fit that in at 2,000. Um, 
Now you're making me want to re-record it, Nathan. <laughs> Sorry, Billy. No, I it's like okay. The, the, I like the Hans thing when I should on the earth level horn um, for a 10 point upgrade and they've got to get unless you're playing certain that are out there and they just focus on those they're going to get in and so upping that survivability is great um, I also like Aegis of the Aloha on earth elementals but uh, yeah the sanguinary scripture giving them life each one is a, is, is a good good upgrade for them yeah it was yeah, just you know too. I just kind of slapped sorry no, no, go ahead. I was just saying, you know, 10 points extra, I just kind of slapped it on there. Um, but yeah, I agree. If, if I had the extra five points, it'd be just the Aloha. And it works well with the Martyr's Prayer on the, on the Stone Priest. I mean, having wounds not stick on Defense 6 is an incredibly frustrating experience for players. So when you like, man, I've just slammed, you know, slammed this Earth Elemental Horde for, for like five wounds with this, you know, badass whatever it is unit. And they just heal, you know, they life leech one and heal three or four off. It's just incredibly demoralizing. So, completely agree. I think you're pretty much guaranteed to get two two taps out of that life leech, right? Like for the most part. So, it, it's pretty good. And and you know, sky's the limit really when you start healing them. So, I I, I took it on a couple of my lists. Old thing ultimately dropped it, but um, but I think it's a really good item. All right. Well, Chavez, why don't you share your list that you've been playing with? Yeah, sounds good. I'm gonna show my master list, so you know. Here you go, guys. You can see all my secrets. Um, so right now, I currently have a free dwarf list. Um, I've gone back and forth between the two so much; it's it's crazy. So this is this is my list for now, but I, very likely is going to change in the future. But um, essentially, we have three hordes of earth elementals. We have two shield breaker regiments with the free dwarfs, and then the free dwarf brock rider regiment with caterpillar. Two free dwarf brock rider troops. Have Severi on the Hellbrock, two Dwarf Lords on Large Beasts, a Free Dwarf Stone Priest, a Martyr's Player, and then a Dwarf Lord, Free Dwarf Lord, the Wings of Honey Maze, and the Lord's Jewel Upgrade. Um, it's a pretty elite list. It's only got 23 unit strength, um, but it's more or less designed to kind of push scenarios. Um, you know, the first wave is more or less the Free Dwarf Shield Breakers who kind of scout out there and kind of you know, for for lack of a better word, kind of dangle out there to, to get charged. And then the second wave is the Earth Elementals and the Brock's kind of come in on the flank. So um, I played it a little bit. It, it's very nasty. I've, I've had, you know, been pretty happy with it so far. Um, you know, it's also meant to kind of hopefully deal with some of the War Machine stuff you'll see out there. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I'm curious to get more games in it. What do you guys think? I wonder, is, is two dwarfs on Lords on Large Beasts, if it wouldn't uh, wouldn't benefit from swapping one of those for another Brock Rider regiment somehow. Yeah, so that's definitely an option. Uh, one thing I've found that I like a lot, and this is something I've, I've been playtesting, is, is two, I find two of them actually work really well together, like in tandem. Um, like, it, essentially for, like, holding on a flank, like, I've had multiple games where using some scenario and kind of putting them together, you basically create impossible charges for your opponent. You know, you kind of create a situation where, like, they can charge you know, even double charge one of them and they can't kill it and they're going to bounce and then the other one's going to flank them. And because they're nimble and they have the height, they kind of can't stop it. So it, I found some really cute tricks with that. And yeah, it's a lot of points. You're against 400 points, but um, you know, if you're holding off 600 to, you know, 800 points of, of units that just can't find a way to get it on you and, and you kind of play and push them back. And, and, you know, if you do it right, I think, I think they have a lot of potential to kind of do that. And then you throw so like a Brock Rider troop on the, behind them so that they get a flank, you know, if something, commits and doesn't kill it 
Uh, that, that's what I found at least. It's it's more of a kind of aggressor initiator style unit. But um, but I do agree that it is theoretically lacking in, in some of the offensive power that the list. You know, it, it's not necessarily the most aggressive list or, or not the most damage dealing list. You kind of have to grind it out. It's almost like an aggressive grindy list. It's like, hey, I'm gonna come yes, to you, and exactly. then we're gonna fight for a really long time. Um, <laughs> whereas exactly. like mine is like, I'm gonna stay over here. You come to me. I'll shoot you a little bit, and when you get here, hopefully, I'll punch you. Yours is like, and I'm I mean, going to punch you, and we're going to stand. And those Earth Elemental Hordes are plenty punchy when they get engaged, right? I mean, um, they're still, you know, 18 attacks, sitting on fours and crush one, and they're brutal now. So, I mean, there's plenty of punch there. It just takes a little bit longer to get there uh, than the rest of the list does. Um, so, I mean, I, I mean, I think it's definitely there. I don't know that, you know, that may be another thing you could look at is... Uh, pulling some of the the upgrades you don't have a whole lot of upgrades in that list either you know I mean, no you it's, it's pretty tight yeah, exactly. yeah so yeah i, I mean you can look at just going, you know take a mac and some other stuff around but yeah it's a tight list it's fun i'll say that so <laughs> if you're looking for an aggressive tanky list it's, it's definitely uh i think it's been fun so far all right well uh mr mueller have you got a list you'd like to share with us yeah, yeah, I do. Um, so I've got a twenty-three hundred point free dwarf list. It's the it's kind of a little bit of a spin on the my old version, the second of edition rocks and rocks. So it's uh, two earth elemental hordes, uh, just naked. Two uh, Brock rider regiments, both with throwing axes, and one of them uh, with the boots of striding. Uh, free dwarf ranger regiment, a greater earth elemental. Dwarf Lord on uh, Large Beast with Blade of Slashing, two Mastiff Hunting Packs with Throwing Mastiffs, and a Berserker Lord with Blade of the Beast Blade of the Beast Slayer on a Brock, and then a Dwarf Stone Priest with Martyr's Prayer and Bane Chant, and then three Iron Belcher Cannons. And uh, I had kind of mentioned this earlier, but this kind of fits with the the play style that I like to use with dwarves, and I, I kind of use the swinging gate. So I'll just park those uh, elementals and the greater elemental in the middle, hopefully in some terrain, and then they just kind of hold the center and take wounds and get healed and survive and threat and project threat. And then on the other side, I'll put the dwarf lord on uh, on the large beast the two Brock Rider regiments, and that will kind of be the speed element that'll kind of go around on one flank. And uh, and then I just kind of hide the three cannons behind all that. Hopefully I can find a hill or something. And if I can't find a hill, uh, you know, with now that they don't have cover anymore, you can almost always uh, find something to shoot at some height three or height four or a guy or a large calf or, um, or even if you, even if you just have a, an obstructed view, it doesn't really matter anymore. So those, those cannons, uh, I found have been really good in a group of three and the Brock Lord on a beast slayer or <laughs> Brock Lord with the blade of the beast slayer. Gosh, I'm, I'm mucking that one up. Uh, he just kind of protects those cannons, watches for flyers. It, it's, uh, it's been pretty good so far. Nice, nice. I like it. Um, I'll say, I feel like I'm the only one taking Brock Rider troops. Have you guys tried using them? I, I see everyone's still kind of going to the regiment route. 
Oh, no. Brock Rider troops are fantastic. Um, when I first started running a Brock Rider regiment last, you know, in, in second edition, I was like, mm-hmm. what's the best way to chaff for the Brock Rider regiment, right? Right. And the answer is a Brock Rider troop because you still have that fearless, right? So, I mean, fearless chaff is great because either it's dead or it's charging off somewhere else, you know, the next turn and getting out of the way, right? So, right. I mean, I think they're they're a really good option for that. I think they're amazing. I the main thing is is that I in in my current list I'm I'm a little bit short on unit strength. And yep. so the <laughs> that unit strength three versus unit strength one, that's that's kind of a factor. And then the other thing that I like about the regiments over the troops uh is that they get because they have the same frontage, but they hit with twenty six attacks instead of thirteen you can really hit things a lot harder. Uh, I've tried using troops a few times. I I think it might just owe a little bit to inexperience, but I can't seem to get the right, like, multi-charges off with them. And and I just kind of like the simplicity of just the, the two regiments. And if I can get, you know, one or two charges off with those guys, then I, I know they're, they're gonna put down the hurt. Cool. No, I like. I think it lists a lot of offense power. That's for sure. Um, I, I mean, I like it. I think it's it's got the right tools. I think it's a very, you know, standard sort of good toolkit kind of list. It's it's got a surprising amount of shooting with the rangers and the dogs and those those cannons and the throwing axes. Uh, it, it really deletes chaff pretty well. And uh, and those cannons, man, I'm I'm I know a lot of people <laughs> still aren't sold on them, but in in third edition, I'm a believer in those cannons. It's one of the things I'd love to be proven wrong on, right? Like if you, <laughs> I hope your list comes out and it's just it just does awesome. <laughs> Thanks. It's doing well so far, but we'll we'll see. I haven't taken it to a tournament yet, so. All right, so I know we've talked about this some in the cast i will have you guys i put this list together this afternoon way before we got on this right so uh my list is three regiments of iron guard two uh, all three with throwing masses two hordes of earth elementals one with aegis of the Elohi, and the other with blessing of the gods a brock rider regiment with potion of the caterpillar a brock rider troop two steel juggernauts five mastiff hunting packs all with the throwing mastiff the uh, a stone priest with conjurer staff and bane chant, and a berserker lord with blade of the beast slayer and a brock. Uh, I, I kind of bucked the trend a little bit with uh, free dwarfs, dwarfs versus imperial dwarfs. Uh, I'm running the imperial dwarfs, and I looked at it and tried to decide: is martyrs prayer access to martyrs prayer seven better than? extra defense six that I could get on the table between the Iron Guard regiments and the Steel Juggernauts. And while you could probably do this in Free Dwarves a little bit cheaper, I think in general this list is going to be more survivable um, just with defense six. <clears throat> this is taking the uh, the Throwing Mastiff uh, uh, special upgrade a little to the extreme. I've got eight of them. That's awesome. It is... Uh, now, the Earth Elementals uh, hold up one, you know, either one third of the table. The Iron Guard Regiments, another third of the table with a Steel Juggernaut supporting them. 
then uh, the Mastiffs and the uh, the Brocks are and uh, the Brock Lord are all coming down kind of the the, the last side and just trying to overwhelm a flank there. Um, you know, it's decent unit strength. It's twenty six unit strength, which is pretty decent. Um, it's sixteen drops, which is a little more than I'm used to running. Uh, but that does give me some some options to just you know have stuff get chaffed out. Oh, hey, yeah, eat this dog right from the first, and then here comes the Earth Elementals and everything else. Um, I am I am disappointed that Martyr's Prayer got limited to the Free Dwarf list. I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure why they get Martyr's Prayer um, and and Imperial Dwarfs. Don't. I mean, I guess the Imperial Dwarfs have the Martyrs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, sad. They, they definitely. So, like I said, this is just kind of something that I haven't actually had a chance to play this yet. This is something I've been kind of mulling over a little bit. But, um, you know, looking at the throwing masters, they do have some, some better options. Um, you know, my second edition list, I tried it uh, probably four or five games, maybe six games with it. And my second edition list, just with some of the nerfs, rock lords and other things, just isn't, isn't cutting it right now. So, at least now I'll get some of the lists that are in the, the southeast meta. So, um this is something I think could have a a, a better um, chance against that. The throwing mastiffs will be, like I said, I think really good at picking out those pesky individuals and putting them off the table. Be they, you know, wizards or or little, you know, grenade throwing green freaks or whatever they are, as uh, <laughs> necessary. So, yeah, I, I like your list. I mean, I think this does kind of one of the things we talked about where it's like you're gonna go massive throw massives go all in right don't don't have ass it right like I, I think it does that well so I, I think that's that's really cool i mean I, I again i think it's got the offensive power there um and uh yeah like i said i think it's it's well-rounded as well awesome so um now we've kind of talked about all of our lists we've mentioned all of our favorite units let's headed some listener questions and we're gonna wrap this guy up guys Let's try to get through some of these listener questions really quickly. Um, so before we did this cast, I posted on the Countercharge page as well as the Dwarf page to see if anybody had any questions for us on this podcast. We've addressed a few as we've been going through units and talking about other things, but these are some that just stood out on their own. So um, Philip D'Angelo asks, what are your suggestions for good ally choices? And I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to say don't take any because dwarves are perfect the way they are. But what do you guys think? I like air elementals. I like air elementals in a list with several Brock Rider regiments. They maintain the fearless. They're just as fast. They can hit pretty decently now with hitting on threes. And I think if you want to play a competitive list and you're trying to speed it up, but you want to bring some some Pathfinder, some extra stuff like that to the list, I, I think air elementals are a good choice. Similar footprint. If you run them to the inside, then after you and you're running sets of them on the flanks, as an example, once they break something, you can turn them in and they can help shield the Brock Riders and let them get repositioned. So, like I said, they just bring a lot to the table. There's a local guy who's been running some of these along with uh, his Brock Rider regiments. He's a newer player, and I've been impressed with how they perform. So I know it's a silly question, but uh, from a competitive perspective, I think uh, that's a that's not a bad add-on. I have not even thought about air elementals. That's super cool. I think, I think it's th- a role that like Alohi used to take, right? Like you saw all these builds with the ally. Yeah. I think that's like a smarter way to do that nowadays could be i mean i do like the the the, the alohi still still self-inspire yes 
Yep. Right. I but mean, I think I, they're regular that now. Tough for me. So uh, oh, well, there goes that, right? Yeah. I, my, my answer is anything that lets me take gyrocopters, <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> I have six of those, so it's... <laughs> Never let them go. Right? Seriously. Well, I guess air elementals or uh, what are they? Dam so busters are, I guess, I, your own choice for flying allies. I also like uh, like the idea it, it costs a little more, more points. You have to take... Uh, a unit along with it. If you take like one unit, like one regiment of uh, paladin foot guard, and then you take a basilian dragon, the full high paladin on dragon, uh, just because I think that is probably the best dragon in third edition. And the, you know, that big flying guy that just projects threat all over the place is not something that's in a dwarf list. That being said, I never take allies. I don't like the idea of it. I like taking pure dwarves, and I never have taken an ally. Boy, that guy's just so good. You know, he's got Iron Resolve, and then he, you can give him the Aegis Fragment, and he just kind of heals himself up and is, is just mean. So I, I think that's pretty good. I think, like, Ogre Palace Guard or, like, really just ogres in general would probably be pretty cool, at least because they're kind of they're tough and badass, and then you can get cool flying stuff. I don't know. I've had some ideas just for pure modeling stuff that I've wanted to, to make allies for. The other um, ally that I think stands out is, you know, a lot of people want to do large cavalry. I think our best option for that now is probably um, Frostfangs, right? Those guys are badass. Yeah, Frostfangs are amazing. Um, I mean, it, really, they're, they're even their... Uh, I can't remember what their lord's name is, but the their lord on a Frostfang is pretty much just a, I hate to say it, but almost like a straight upgrade of <laughs> the the king on large beast. He, he's super good. And yeah. Frostfang cavalry is amazing. I, I The main thing that I see as the biggest glaring weakness in the dwarf list is a lack of heal and fly. A high paladin on dragon. He, he fills both, checks, checks both boxes all right so philip also asks is king gallic wrong <laughs> no, <laughs> you fluff guys go jump on that one right no, so that i'm not gonna try well i mean the obvious uh, answer i, is I haven't yes. read the fluff yet so somebody think- yeah he's a tyrant so like uh, the the reason why i actually am not i mean vessellans are really cool they're really good but they're really just they're they're the worst they're the worst type of good guy right like you know it's my way or the highway and gallic is kind of the same kind of thing i don't know that doesn't seem very heroic though it does seem very real it does seem very realistic, right? Right. So just lawful neutral, right? That's all they are. Lawful neutral. Yeah. I guess. I, I don't know. I think I think Gallic's almost even trending a little bit towards lawful evil, almost. Uh, you know, I mean he's he's not you know, he's he's not doing evil just for the sake of fun or something, but he's uh you know, I mean the if you read all the fluff, he's he's yeah. almost a fairly unambiguous bad guy really he i is. mean if, you know he's a dictator he he rules with an iron fist uh you know no one can say boo without him dropping the hammer on him and uh yeah he's he's a uh, he's not a good guy i don't think well there's also the rumor um if you know in the fluff that he worships the wicked one version of fulgria so which is also an abyssal dwarf deity so just throwing that out there yeah so, short answer, Philip. Yes, he is. Mike LaHaye asks, "How much of a handicap is the lack of healing with Imperial Dwarfs? Is the high defense an adequate trade-off? What do you guys think?" I mean, I think Dwarves. I mean, you got to consider Dwarves didn't have healing for a long time, right? I mean, when did Martyr's Prayer get introduced, right? It was it was a couple years into the Clash of Kings, right? I, I think the list is fine without it. Um, 
yeah, I mean, they have enough of stuff to make up for that. I think, like with the shooting and the sharpshooters and and the you know juggernaut, all those kind of things. There, there is a definite choice to be had between the Imperial Dwarves and the Free Dwarves uh, because they they play legitimately different on the table. I think mostly because of the uh, the the scout on the on the shield breakers and the fact that everybody has Pathfinder, right? Boy, I just my idea of a dwarf list is that it is resilient. And yes, there's a lot of defense six uh, in a dwarf list, but there's also a lot of iron resolve in defense five in a Basilean list. And so when you look at it, it's like, well, what am I what am I actually getting? And I, I like the aesthetic of the dwarves, but it would be really nice to have some uh, a flame priest, let's say, with like heal three would be pretty cool, you know. So my, in my opinion, it's uh, one is that, you know, I, I think that heal is kind of a, a little bit of a of an overrated you know idea because it feels good the the notion of taking wounds off your guys but the way that it often works in kings of war is that units just die in one turn you know d- depending on how your army is structured but you know if something gets double charged it doesn't matter often you know how how much heal or iron resolve or whatever you have uh, and so, especially against like mash it in your face combat armies, like a like a herd or certain forms of Ranger or something, you know, if, if you have a bunch of heal, it doesn't really do you much because you know you you're in combat for a turn and then you're dead or he's dead or something. So I'll I'll, I'll say that, and I I think it's it's an impediment, but also it, it you depending on how you build your list. You might not even care that much about heal because the amount of heal that you want in your list is also kind of dependent on how much D6 you have in your list. So if you have a lot of defense six, yeah, you're going to miss the heal. But if you've got a, if you've got regiments and regiments and regiments of shield breakers that are just defense four and you've got a ton of them, why are you wasting your time with trying to heal those guys? You, you wouldn't even miss it. So it, it's largely list dependent too. Yeah, I think it's it can definitely be like a crutch, right? And I think again, we have to wait for kind of like metas and everything to shake out. But if there's on the whole less crushing in, in the game and defense six is more valuable, I don't think it's that much of a handicap, especially considering how good all of the defensive units dwarves have are, right? And then you have to consider terrain and placement. Like, if someone's charging, if you're playing dwarves, if someone's charging your unit unhindered, you have messed up. So, um, I think there's that to think about, too. So, moving on, another question. Why play good dwarves and not abyssal dwarves? I think the simple answer is, good dwarves are cooler, not evil and mean. It's because we like a challenge, because the abyssal dwarf dwarf, uh, list is obviously too good, and it's broken, and so... If you want to prove yourself as a player, you got to play the regular dwarf list. You know, I, I, I am, agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am really. Uh, I don't. The, oh boy, the abyssal dwarf list is better than the dwarf list for a couple reasons. There you. Um, I will. Um, and the reason why is because I think that they're they have better synergies with between the different units, and a lot of units have upgrades that are really useful. Um, a lot of their characters give auras to the other units around them. It's it. In terms of certain playstyles, it is really good. Well, what I would say is the main thing that they have over dwarves is that they have every tool in the toolbox. They have the light uh, flying chaff. They have 
the big, scary, dragon-like monsters. They have large calf. They have regular calf. They've got everything. Um, the the reason why I, I like playing dwarves is, first of all, I just, you know, certain people like playing evil armies. Uh, I kind of like playing good armies. Don't know why it is. I just always have. Uh, so I, I like that. And then also the, the other units that I... Uh, that I really do like that they don't have is, uh, Brocks and Rangers. They, you know, they, they have other things that are really good that we don't have, but they don't have Brocks and Rangers. And I love those two units a lot. And, you know, I, I don't want a bunch of these weird abyssal half breed guys running around. Uh, it's, I just don't like the aesthetic as much either. Yeah. I think that's the key answer, right? Is like, if you like dwarves, you're going to play dwarves. And like, I think the, the thing that separates dwarf players from a lot of other armies is dwarf players are dwarf players because they like dwarves. Like, as, they're stubborn? Because they're stubborn. Like, I would play yeah, dwarves and be the worst army in this entire game because they're cool and I love them. So um, this is actually probably my favorite question that I got asked. And this was from Fernando. And I won't even try to butcher your last name, my dude. If you could take away one unit in either list and exchange it for a new one, what would you take away and what would you add? Mike, do you have an idea that you would want to talk about? Yeah, I actually think um, I would remove... Well, I don't know what I would remove. Let's get back to that. Uh, well, I'd remove Spear, Spear Levy. Levy. Spear, Levy. <laughs> Spear Levy. Yeah, we all agree, right? It is it is known. So Spear Levy's out. For me, what I would like to see is some sort of engineering thing that isn't a steel behemoth. Some mid-size unit or monster that is engineering type um, thing. Flying, maybe. Gyrocopters, cool. There's other stuff that you could add in there, though, that I think would, would um, give you some good modeling opportunities. And uh, do some really cool stuff, personally. And I don't even care what it is. I just like the idea of if I'm taking an Imperial Dwarf list, I want some mechanical stuff out there. I dig it. But then you couldn't take away Spear Levy. That's a different list. So now you have to think. I would actually get rid of Bulwarkers. I get rid of Bulwarkers. I I would get rid of Iron Watch Crossbows. One second. All right. And our final question comes from Khan himself. And he asks, why are Dem Stunties so hairy and grumpy? Mike, why are Dem Stunties so hairy and grumpy? Because I personally am hairy and grumpy. That's all there is to it. Here, here. I I answered this on Facebook, but it's better than green and weedy, right? True. Wow. I will say, I think dwarf players do share sort of personality, and, and again, you joke about being stubborn, but I think that there, there's a lot to that, right? Like, dwarf players are a certain way. Like, they, they, you know, they have, you know, I don't know if it's a principle or idea in mind, and they're going to do it. I think I, I've noticed that. Like, that holds pretty true. I agree. Who, you know, who, I mean, you you look at the when when they change your army just a little bit. You know, the dwarf reaction is is kind of something to behold a little bit. Right. <laughs> They don't like change. Lesson on that one. You don't. You don't. Uh, you know. I want to poke fun a little bit. You don't. If you're gonna reveal three news, don't pick one and that's been nerfed, right? I think they learned lesson there. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, they kind of stepped on a landmine there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that's all right. Well, um, do you guys have anything else to say before we close this lengthy episode out? Nah, dwarves are awesome. Get on it. Yeah, That's go out right. there, man. Have fun. Dwarves would be awesome. I think. I think, like I said, I always say they're the most rewarding army to play because it takes so much planning and, and you know finesse to play an army. That once you learn it and start to click, you'll really, really enjoy it. I would right. say that in a in a game where pretty much any army can win, uh, dwarves are right there with them. Uh, you know, some different times, different metas shift up and down, but 
dwarves are they're always at least competitive and uh that's one of the things that i love about king's war and just the dwarf army just you know that what whatever changes are are coming down the pipe they'll, they'll at least be right there with the other best armies i'm certain will and grind it out as a dwarf player because you're going to grind it out a lot especially if you first start playing it I mean, Nate, to piggyback on that, Nate, I think one of the one of the strengths of the dwarf army, because of the price point of the units and how tough, relatively tough they are, is they're really good in scenario play. I mean, I have some friends that play Alpha Strike armies, and they're like, "Well, if I kill all your units, then you can't do the scenario." Well, you know, come and try it, right? See what happens. You know, I think the dwarves are play really well in scenario play compared to those other lists, and I think it gives you a very different play experience as well. Right on, and I think that's a good place to leave it off, guys. So, until next time, keep countercharging because we're never going to get the first charge. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. Let me ask this. With the way that Wild Charge has been ruled where you have to declare your charges and then roll wild charge as opposed to like rolling all your wild charges first does that affect how you guys might use these is that is that how that works i thought it was the other way around is that that was the other way around you roll you roll it first then declare the charge correct that's the way it is well then you roll it and then you know how much your distance is and then you can decide what you want to do so you so like if you have six troops of these yep you can roll all six troops yes. and then go okay cool now i want to do this okay because yeah, someone on the internet some fancy person said that all right rob you're gonna have to edit that out all right yes. never mind um hey that's an outtake good they love you man how bad do they suck right <laughs> they're awful all right well let's move on to the bulwarkers nathan if you want to <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm stepping all over you sorry i um <laughs> bingo sorry rob you're gonna have to edit a lot Ooh. and uh and um 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 bingo Ooh. and and um uh, um but um so um um and um bingo so um uh and so um Um, well, um, um, Ooh. there was no, um, uh, um, but perhaps <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm stepping all over you. Sorry. I, um, yeah. So, um, right. Sorry, Rob, you're going to have to edit a lot. Right. There was like, um, uh, but, but, to right they're awful and um correct uh well and <laughs> um you know what i mean like it was incredible they're awful